Hello and welcome to The Money Movement, uh, a show where we explore the issues and ideas in this brave new world of digital currency and blockchains. Um, this is our 20th episode of The Money Movement, um, which, is, which is exciting and uh, we've got a great episode which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but I actually first wanted to mention that Next week, uh, the 21st episode of The Money Movement, we're gonna do an Ask Me Anything. And so if you're interested in asking me anything, uh, that's your opportunity. You can tweet at, uh, at us uh, and, and uh, we're gonna be promoting it in a few places and that'll be a live AMA um, next week, next Thursday uh, at 1 p.m., same time, same place. So this week, uh, we're talking about USDC meets Algorand. Um, for those that aren't familiar, Algorand came on the scene in 2017. It was a blockchain project that offered um, the promise of bringing radical improvements around the scaling and speed of, of blockchain transactions with a particular eye on financial applications. Uh, and really the Algorand team has delivered in a very big way with blockchain infrastructure, infrastructure that can scale even to potentially billions of users, tens of millions of daily transactions, all with uh, neg negligible transaction fees. And I think unlike first or second generation blockchains, Algorand's platform was designed from the ground up to address many of the unique requirements of global payment applications and financial networks. And these are, I think, in our, in our minds, um, really critically important attributes for the stablecoin ecosystem as large financial institutions, global consumer fintech firms, and others around the world begin to add digital dollars to the mix of products and services that they're bringing to businesses and clients uh, around the world. So in pursuit of, uh, of, of the sort of ultimate goal of, of USDC being a standard protocol that can be used really, really widely as a digital dollar on the internet, Center Consortium, uh, which governs the USDC protocol and standards and, and, a, and a variety of facets of the operation of USDC, uh, embarked on a multi-chain USDC framework earlier this year. And at the time we announced uh, uh, that Circle was entering into a partnership with Algorand to bring USDC to the Algorand blockchain. Um, last week, I believe, or, or very recently, uh, Centra Consortium announced that Algorand had become an official chain supporting USDC. And Circle today, in fact, rolled out uh, broad support for the Algorand blockchain uh, in our platform services offerings, including the ability to seamlessly to do swaps across uh, Ethereum-based USDC and Algorand-based USDC, which is really key for, for interoperability. So this week, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Algorand. We're going to talk about stablecoins and the future of financial applications on blockchains. And it's really with great pleasure uh, that we're bringing uh, Algorand, Algorand founder, uh, Turing Award winner, and MIT professor Silvio McCauley to the show. He's going to share his thoughts around the state of the Algorand blockchain and major innovations coming down the road, um, including the implications of having a digital dollar like USDC uh, on Algorand. And then we're gonna turn to Algorand CEO, Steve Kokinos, to discuss the trajectory of Algorand, the organization, 
the global community, the ecosystem, the industry and use case uh, applications that are that are we're seeing uh, for Algorand in 2020 and beyond and really what's shaping up in this space. So uh, with that, we're very excited to welcome Silvio. Uh, it's great to see you. <laughs> Uh, great. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Jeremy. Uh, great uh, to talk to you and your audience today. Excellent. Um, well, I, uh, I, I love to start with, um, you know, an origin story. And um, obviously, I, th I think people have, many people have followed your career uh, and your history, but maybe just for, for, for folks here who haven't, just very briefly, a little bit about your history and how you came to fall in love with crypto and, uh, and pursue uh, pursue Algorand. Oh, great! So I started uh, like um, um, a computational theorist, um, uh, proof systems, uh, logical uh, schemes, uh, and then uh, uh, have a long, uh, in long time interest in cryptography, and, um, and then uh, distributed computation, and then evolved into economic mechanisms. And so suddenly, somehow, finally, I heard about uh, no crypto uh, in the sense of uh, no cryptography in my case, but the cryptocurrency and says, oh, wow, that is really at the intersection of all these fields, cryptography and, uh, and uh, distributed computation and economic mechanism, that is a paradise. Let me learn about it. I started learning about it and I confirmed that it was you know, a great idea. And, but somehow the solutions seem to me quite inelegant. And because somehow criticizing is always easy and constructing is a bit harder, I decided to, you know, to lock myself up for a few months and uh, try to see if I could uh, throw my hat in the arena and design things in a different way. Well, that's, 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 that's fabulous. And I think this synthesis of uh, so many different, I think, pretty significant and advanced fields is, is part of what makes uh, this all interesting. I know for the legal profession, this is a, a very challenging and interesting area um, and, and certainly within fiduciary industries as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about that breakthrough. When you went off for a few months, um, you know, what was the core breakthrough of Algorand? You know, in, in, in layman's terms, what was the what, what were the the elegant solutions that you were trying to bring forward uh, as com uh, compared to the inelegant solutions, perhaps that you had encountered? So, well, you know, the the hardest part in a blockchain is not to make sure that you know, this database cannot be corrupted, but the hardest part is to decide the next block. Who should decide and how? And how does it become a common knowledge and not just an individual choice? And so, so somehow everybody has in mind a, a, a long diluted process. Uh, somehow I append my block to the longest chain that I, that, that I see, assume the longest chain that I see as a block that was produced by you, Jeremy. I append my block to yours. This is interpreted like a vote that your block is correct. And if somebody appends her block to mine, she's voting that my block and your block are both correct. And so that is a kind of a longer pro process. And the more time passes, you know, the longer the chain becomes and uh, somehow gives you confidence that these blocks are going to remain in the chain. So what I felt is say, I understand that this, this dilution and the drip, drip, drip <laughs> and, uh, consensus is necessary to be fast. But I decided that can't we just bite the bullet and agree on one block in such a fashion that we never had to come back. So I agree on the block 
and then now becomes everybody, not only me, but the entire community agrees on the block. The block is permanent. Next block, we agree on the block. Next block, and every time we add that a block, we know that we have not to look for the longest chain because there is only one chain. And so I decided in my adventures in distributed computation land that there was a quintessential algorithm called um, Byzantine agreement, no adjectives that modify it and make it weaker, but the original uh, Byzantine agreement. And I say, why don't we Byzantine agree on, the, on each block? Well, the problem was that at that time, the fastest algorithm for a practical application allowed maybe 12 participants. And if we want to have a you know, blockchain, like with uh, millions or billions of participants, forget it, that was not cutting the deal. So the need was to invent from scratch a new Byzantine agreement protocol that scale at that level. And so that I would say is uh, really the, the, the fundamental uh, uh, thing. And, uh, and the other one, if I can actually, uh, you need a, a second one is to have uh, somehow to form um, committees which are uh, somehow where committee members are not selected by me, even forbid, or for, some, or for somebody else but actually randomly self-select to be part of this agreement. And of course, if you say randomly self-selected looks bad because if I'm a bad person, I self-select myself all the time, not randomly. And so, and the idea is to, to use this uh, verifiable random function to guarantee that there is a cryptographically fair selection in which I can select myself and if I, by running a cryptographically fair individual lottery. And it's like a slot machine whose lever you can pull it once. And if I win, I have a winning ticket, proving to the entire world that I am a member of the committee to approve the next block. And if I don't win, I have nothing to show for, and therefore my opinion is ignored. And so that essentially is the essence that you get this winning ticket if you get it. And if you get it to, you propagate it together with your opinion up or down about the block. And why this is secure? Because the pulling the lever of a slot machine is a microsecond. It is distributed because anybody who has a, one algo, one token can participate to this lottery, so simple it is. And so, and uh, this is uh, also secure because you know, if an adversary wants to corrupt somehow the members of the committee, it doesn't really know who should corrupt this lady in Shanghai, this other guy in Paris. It doesn't know because the winner is going to be the winner of a lottery. Nobody can predict who is going to win the lottery. And so, and uh, uh, once we propagate the winning ticket and the opinion about the block, I can become known to be a member of this committee. I can be corrupted, but at this point it's too late to corrupt me because my winning ticket and opinion about the block are virally propagated of the network and therefore the adversary cannot put it back in a bottle no more than a government can put back in a bottle a message of virally propagated by WikiLeaks. So the system is secure because beforehand you don't know whom to corrupt and ex post after the facts is a bit too late to corrupt. Yeah, I, uh, I remember you giving a talk at the MIT Bitcoin uh, Expo or I forget what they call it and, and um, I was very struck by what you were outlining, um, and it and it struck me as um, at, at the time, you know, what what I felt like was one of the best ideas uh, out there. Um, and um, you know, here we are today, and and uh, the algorithm blockchain went from that uh, that 
set of Genesis ideas into into a living, breathing, operating, secure, global, tamper-proof uh, uh, transaction and, and data storage machine, um, which is which is pretty remarkable. Maybe just talk talk for a minute about you know what is the capacity of of Algorand today? Kind of you know it, it, a couple years and 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 then a lot of significant R and D and work and launching and now getting an ecosystem built, but you know. Uh, what is the state of, of the Algorand blockchain today? Well, the state of the Algorand blockchain is strong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and it becomes stronger too. Um, so first of all, um, uh, we, uh, we actually do scale and that not only we scale in number of transactions, but actually we scale in the consensus. So everybody who is willing to participate to the consensus will lower the bar of participation so low that anybody who has an interest and has one algo can actually participate to consensus. Then it scales and is uh, also a number of transactions, but I want to make sure that these are transactions on-chain properly yeah. and honestly counted, like some transaction off-chain that yeah. I can imagine where I can do uh, uh, trillions of them. Yeah. And uh, moreover, I want to say that these are transactions that actually are sophisticated, not just an ordinary payment. I mean, there is nothing so simple about uh, an ordinary payment, as you know, particularly if it is internationally and, uh, and so on and so forth. And, but uh, these are actually uh, layer one um, smart contracts. So an ordinary payment, in, uh, as simple and as secure as an ordinary payment in Algorand is uh, uh, you have an asset that I want, I have an asset that you want, and we want atomically, namely in an undivisible uh, transaction, we, we exchange our assets without the help of anybody, right? Without chaperones, without financial friction, we can transact. I don't care if I say, push the button first to send you my asset, because I do know that unless you send mine yours, the asset never leaves my hands. And right. so this is a, all, also one transaction that you know, is a atomic in Algorand, Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of these other uh, layer one smart contracts live uh, at the same consensus level, so with mm -hmm. the same security, and they are native to, to, to the protocol. And I think this will simplify a lot of things. And uh, so this is um, the current status, and uh, we are going to make it you know, even better. And uh, our transactions are going to go um, uh, multiplied by order of magnitude. Uh, and anyway, and uh, we are going to get you know, quantum resilience and we are going to get a lot of other <laughs> good stuff uh, in the years yeah. to come. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, uh, you know, as, as I've heard you talk in the past um, about your vision for the use of blockchains, um, you know, here, here, you know, I think we generally are talking about things like stable coins, payments, financial applications, and, and, and we can talk about that. But um, this architecture uh, that you've created, um, it, it's, it's quite generalized and it can be used uh, to, to store verified data uh, in a really wide range of use cases. What are, what are some of the other uses for Algorand that you're really excited about, whether they're already projects or just things that you think uh, should be built? All right. So then, uh, um, first of all, um, I, I want to say that the democratization of finance continues to be a main goal, a shared goal, in fact. I believe that not only we want to, uh, to put at the, um, at the ends, uh, at the reach of everybody, of a man or woman in the street, very sophisticated financial tool, because the first form of freedom is financial independence. And, uh, and that's number one. But that said, 
So blockchains Verara, um, um, uh, is going to be announced soon. Some um, uh, some uh, country, which is, I would say, known to you and to others, is going to use it to implement a national call list. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, do not call me. And, uh, and when the blockchain somehow uh, guarantees what I said and what I did not say. And by the way, this also enables, flips the side, because it's a very easy step to, throw, to go from a do not call me, or I want to be called. You mm -hmm. can push my product to me, but guess what? I want to be paid, if you don't mind. That's great great use of this pu public right. data right and everybody can see it it's it's perfectly verifiable there's no manipulation or fraud uh it's fantastic exactly and uh, so finally rather than uh, being uh, asked always the product somehow to say i want to be paid for my services to given fair consideration to your product and um and but now another example i believe of it uh, we are going to have a uh, uh, not trusted transaction we are introducing that is a, this a joint effort of our community and um, uh, but also uh, somehow trusted communication so strange enough so i believe that the blockchain uh, properly used don't ask me for details because uh, we, we are going to keep it under the radar still but we want to use it for doing certified uh, email so mm -hmm. you want to say make sure that not only sending email is easy, but I want to say that when I send it, I know and I can prove that you got it. And uh, that is elevates to yeah. um, for, uh, and, uh, and, and the user can be so massive and the trick is going to be how to make sure that such a massive use can actually be handled yeah. by the blockchain. So this blockchain is uh, the gift that, that keeps on giving because no day passes by that uh, we at Algorand uh, or um, um, your circle or um, a, a center and everybody else in the world thinks of new ways of uh, applying this uh, technology is fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I think certainly one of the things that, that uh, has attracted me about the blockchain space as a whole and Algorand specifically is the generalizability of this into so many different domains where verifiable information um, is, is so key and it's, it's such a, a fundamental challenge with the existing internet architecture uh, that, that we're all facing. Um, well, so I, I think, you know, um, as, as you know, from, from our partnership and, and work together, sort of fintechs, banks, uh, you know, investment banks, central banks, you know, more significant financial institutions are getting involved. Scalability is of paramount concern. Security, of course, is of paramount concern. But you know, what has the history of scalability been in blockchains and why are so many financial institutions excited about Algorand uh, from a scalability perspective? Well, scalability, I think that no, nobody wants to have a blockchain to just play with friends and family. I mean, the, block, the world is a large place and we need the, uh, a scalable blockchain to really interact with the world at large. But as I was saying before, how do we interact? It's not only a question of posting transactions, but actually of, um, of engaging, for instance, smart contracts. I think that is uh, one of the main uh, gifts of, of, of a blockchain. And the scalability of um, a smart contract has been for, uh, for years more yeah. in doubt than the scalability of uh, ordinary transactions yeah. and, uh, or, or consensus. So, I, I, I really believe that the world wants, you know, these um, smart constructs at scale, 
and, uh, and that is going to be uh, paramount. So not only just ordinary transaction, but uh, um, uh, smart contracts uh, as well. And so we have actually architecting and um, uh, next year we are going to uh, unveil our uh, platform. By the way, the same way that this platform is going to be as innovative in smart contracts as our consensus protocol has been innovative. And so don't expect the usual, but expect something that really scales and, uh, and so somehow um, 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 prevents and you know, blocks to be delayed because they have to process a smart contracts. The blockchain continues and the smart contracts have their own track with the same um, scalability, security, and decentralization that have characterized the algorithm. It's, uh, it's very exciting and I think, um, you know, one of the things that we've remarked on and, and you know, a lot of what motivated um, us with USDC has been, you know, you know, this base, this base expectation that eventually, you know, value exchange or trend or simple transactions, right, would become effectively ubiquitous and, and free and instant. But the real value is the programmability of that. And if you can have a, a, a trusted, verifiable, scalable uh, kind of compute engine for these fiduciary trust applications. That is what really unleashes the business model innovation um, in commerce and finance and, and other things. Um, I, you know, I, I guess an obvious question uh, related to some of the announcements we've recently made is, um, you know, what role do you think USDC can play um, in the Algorand ecosystem? Well, let me start with the obvious, right? So uh, somehow we are going to create um, um, uh, together and the, and the rest of the community all kinds of new assets, right? And the people will enjoy using them, owning them, uh, and, and so on and so forth. But uh, the first problem we're going to have is evaluating them, giving a value to these assets. And I really believe that uh, no, USDC is going to pay a, a major role in uh, creating uh, somehow a common reference uh, system in which we actually, because everybody understands what the value of the dollar is, and, uh, but it is going to be like, if you want, a flywheel in this uh, very complicated mechanism. That said, then we have actually our particular uh, <laughs> uh, use and reliance of uh, USDC and uh, stable coins. And if you promise, don't to grill me before time, for instance, you know, speaking of smart contracts that you believe, uh, and, uh, and we agree, that are really um, one of the major gifts of, of a blockchain, is going to be, we think that you know, uh, there should not be gas in, in our, in our right. smart contract, but we should use stable coins yeah. in order to somehow pay for the execution of this thing. Yeah. Because very often people are, uh, say, the contract is expensive, the contract is low, and even worse, I cannot even budget for how much money should I put aside to run my smart contract. Right. So we are going to architecture in a, in a way in which we are going to hide this away from the consumer and they can budget properly for the smart contract we want to execute. And so this is going to be yeah. a piece of a, a bigger architecture that we have in mind for smart square contract, we call them, because they're going to be smart contracts that for a change are going to be really smart. <laughs> so, I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, I, I think yes, you using a stable coin as the pricing mechanism on the on the compute and and, and other other functions is is obviously I, I think will be very helpful for developers yes. and 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 the ecosystem. Um, so maybe last question for you. I mean, you you've moved at I think breathtaking speed. I know uh, these things always 
sometimes as entrepreneurs, they take longer than we hope. They take a long time. Um, but I, I feel like you guys have, have executed really well at a, at a really great pace and continue to, you know, very high level. What are the major advancements in the next two to three years? I think you've, you've touched on, um, on the smart, the smart contract execution environment being on par in terms of scalability and, and speed. And I'm sure there's lots of other goodies. Um, what else is, is on the horizon that you think is, is going to be a, a breakthrough? Well, so, so one thing is, is, uh, is, is going to be a blockchain interoperability. So we have to understand that if we want to have being in a market, to be the sole player in a market, not, you don't have a market. So there is going to be also a market of blockchains. And certain blockchains are doing better at doing certain things. We expect this to be happen because it's, there is a good and specialization. But as you want to service your particular uh, assets, you may want to bring them to a, a blockchain where it's going to be best uh, um, uh, served. And you want to transfer their asset and be sure it can be transferred back post-execution or that you, can, you are welcome to join a blockchain and then live there because you know that you can get up and leave anytime. Yeah. And so somehow this interoperability has been, like in blockchain um, in world, an aspiration. And I believe that it's very good to start with aspiration. Our aspirations as humans, we should be as high as we can, but sooner or later, technology has to sustain these aspirations, otherwise it becomes just a dream, right? Which is different from an aspiration. So blockchain interoperability, I think is going to be what we are going to focus and to make sure that actually is going to be done in a distributed fashion. Mm -hmm. Because right now, if I want to transfer, say, an asset from a red chain to a blue chain, two things are true. I trust the red chain because my asset is in the red chain and I trust the blue chain because I want to transfer my asset there. But right now, it, I should not trust anything else. And then right now we are actually having this centralized token bridge in which you say, yeah. trust me who I am John Doe and I can guarantee you that uh, uh, to the blue chain that this asset has no longer exists on the red chain and is open for sale on the blue chain. So who is John Doe? <laughs> right? So well, okay, if you don't like John Doe, we can make a free Jane D, John Doe, and uh, Jim uh, Da, and uh, who, but, uh, who, who cares? Who are these people? So what I, we, we, we want is that you, know, you have to trust only the chain and nothing else. So we must find a way to express the will of an entire blockchain in some fashion that is understood by other, other blockchain and, uh, and, and really is not at the whims, I'm not at the uh, captive to anybody in particular. I think we need best to have really the marketplace of that and all. We're, things we're, on, the, we're on the same page there, our, our vision. Perfect. Multi-chain USDC and USDC is a protocol that can, that can work across these. Uh, obviously things like Token swaps, uh, you know, you might depend on a governance mechanism or a regulated intermediary, and there's some degree of trust there, but in the grand scheme, it, it is no substitute for what you're describing as well. Um, well, excellent. Sylvia, this has been a wonderful conversation. I really want to thank Likewise. you. Likewise. Great to see you again. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, so wonderful to have Silvio on and uh, just, uh, uh, I think, um, animates uh, this, this technology in, in, in really incredible ways and just so excited to see what, what comes out of, uh, of his continued innovation and work as we go forward. Um, I want to uh, 
turn now to uh, Algorand's CEO, uh, Steve Kokinos. Um, uh, Steve uh, joins us to talk about the broader global community that is building around Algorand, the industries and use cases uh, that we're seeing you know, right here and now and, and what's shaping up in the year ahead. Welcome, Steve. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Great to, uh, great to be here. Excellent, thank you. Um, so let, let's just start with some basics, um, you know, uh, basics about Algorand Foundation, basics around Algorand and, and, and its con commercial endeavors, uh, you know, kind of where is that today and kind of what, what's that trajectory look like? Yeah, um, so Algorand launched, uh, you know, a public permissionless network um, uh, about 15 months ago. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think we've seen a lot of really good growth. The way that uh, the project is uh, segmented uh, the Algorand Foundation is responsible for um, governance of the public protocol, uh, along with several other areas, continue to grow the community and focus there. Um, Algorand Inc., which is a U.S. company, uh, is focused on core development, uh, really core research and core development of uh, the protocol itself and um, you know, continues to be the core developer uh, uh, today and uh, expect to continue to do that. And you know, I think led by Silvio, we have uh, really interesting research that's gone on. And I think the response overall to the launch um, of the network and you know, kind of continued uh, technological innovation has been, been really great. Uh, we have uh, nodes run on every continent except uh, Antarctica, you know, very geographically distributed network. Uh, there's about 400 projects and companies that um, are building applications or supporting Algorand um, today. And, and, you know, we've seen a lot of growth uh, in terms of, uh, you know, new wallets and users in response to applications deploying on chain. Uh, we just crossed uh, about 5 million users uh, a few weeks ago and are seeing continued um, strong growth there. So, you know, really excited, uh, I think, not only um, at the response of the tech, but excited to see people using um, what we've built in, in really interesting ways. So that's a great segue uh, to, uh, you know, USDC is now an on-chain asset on Algorand. Um, on-chain financial applications, I think, are, are, are huge. Um, you know, let, let's talk a little bit about that. W what are the kind of segments, use cases? Where do you think USDC is going to get applied uh, first? And, and where do you think it grows within the Algorand ecosystem? Yeah, well, I, you know, I think and, um, you know, I know Sylvia mentioned sort of the idea that, you know, you need a consistent unit of measure across assets. I think if you look at um, some of the key primitives that we brought into layer one, you know, one is the ASA framework. So the ability um, to create assets in uh, any form and, and manage them very flexibly. Uh, atomic transfers are another and layer one smart contracts are another. So the ability to sort of execute anything that you need at the, the full speed of the chain. And I think that one of the priorities we've uh, given is um, scalability, but not at the expense of either decentralization or security. And I think especially for financial applications, um, security is very important. And so when we look at um, you know, financial applications, we think they take you know, really a few different forms. Um, you know, one are you know, new emergent applications, especially in kind of the DeFi area. We see USDC as you know, really the fuel behind you know, a lot of how those applications run. Uh, the second is you know, we're starting to see um, a lot of interesting activity in traditional finance and uh, you know, also payments. And I think if you think about um, people starting to use crypto for more retail use cases, starting to use it at higher transactional velocity, 
velocity. Um, they need um, both kind of a stable coin like USDC, but also a platform like Algorand that actually can and was designed from the beginning uh, to scale to hundreds of millions or, or billions of users uh, without changing the performance characteristics. Uh, you know, and then ultimately we're seeing, uh, I think other forms of, of currency emerge. Uh, you know, the Marshall Islands uh, recently announced that they're launching their national currency in Algorand. Um, so I think we're, we're gonna to start to see more uh, central bank digital currencies in this. And so I think if you take a step back, um, what we really think about is, you know, what forms of financial products are going to, to come next uh, as you know you bring these assets on chain. How do you transact around those assets? And I think really this idea of programmable money that I know you've you know talked about a lot is something that uh, you know we're really passionate about. And I think that um, the primitives we've created are uniquely well suited um, to enabling. And so um, we think about it both uh, from kind of a technology standpoint, but also about the community that you need to build and the asset diversity that you need to have on chain to really make um, the ecosystem useful. That's really helpful, Steve. Um, let's maybe just drill in a little bit. You know, uh, Algorand has entered into a partnership with Center Consortium around becoming an official chain, and then uh, th this partnership with Circle as well around supporting Algorand across our new. A suite of, of platform services, you know, uh, why are these partnerships, uh, you know, important from your perspective? Well, I think they're important for, you know, a, a number of different, different reasons. One, um, we believe really strongly that a blockchain like Algorand, you know, ultimately is a utility and should be a public utility that, that anybody can use. Um, and, you know, I think one of the, you know, if you think back, uh, you know, today, if you think about like even just basic utilities that you have at your house, it's what water, electricity, and probably used to be phone, but today it's internet, not yeah. phone anymore. Uh, we think the blockchain needs to move in that that direction. And I think partnerships with, uh, you know, projects like Center and Circle uh, are really fundamental because I think one of the big differences in the decentralized world is that, uh, you know, we can't build all of the things that are needed for a healthy ecosystem ourselves. Um, we need people to be going out and, and kind of uh, moving forward uh, in their own areas. Uh, and ultimately that where we want to focus is on innovation and technology and building the right tools and the right frameworks so that uh, great applications can come and deploy. And I think um, definitely um, stable assets like USDC are, you know, of critical importance. And I give an example, um, Republic is a project that's uh, uh, launched on Algorand recently. Um, and they are a crowdfunding and sort of investment platform. Republic is a, a security token, a, a registered security token in the US. And uh, they want to be able to issue dividends to their users uh, via atomic swaps. And so they're gonna do that by uh, effectively um, issuing dividends using USDC on chain uh, with Algorand. And that's gonna be the way that they provide kind of USD value for the investments people have made. And I, I think that's like a really, I think, powerful example of how all these different things work together, uh, where there's people taking advantage of the platform, people taking advantage of USDC, uh, and ultimately end users that are able to participate in financial applications that simply, you know, didn't exist in a traditional yeah. world. The idea that you could own an asset and it's just like, you know, streaming out dividends to you instantly just into your wallet, <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty powerful. I, I love that. I love that. I, I think it's, Digital securities, I think, are, uh, are certainly a sweet spot um, for you guys, and we hopefully will play a big part in that as well. Um, you know, I think related to ecosystem, obviously, 
um, you know, other blockchain projects have varying levels of history. Some have been around since, you know, well, you know, Bitcoin for a very long time, Ethereum since 2015. Uh, you guys launched last year. So there's obviously these arcs and people build communities around them. Um, you know, right now, obviously, DeFi is, is really hot and, um, and Ethereum's, you know, uh, you know, strained under, under, the, under the weight of, the, of those applications. And that's, that's making uh, usability for uh, a variety of, of applications challenging. Do you see this as a window of opportunity for, for Algorand to, to kind of step out and get in front of not just DeFi developers, but, but you know, developers on blockchains in general to say, hey, you know, third generation blockchains are here. You don't have to wait for Ethereum 2. What's your, what's your take on that? Uh, for sure. I mean, I, I think that uh, definitely uh, Ethereum has built a, a really interesting community uh, and clearly, you know, has a variety of applications. Uh, I think at the same time, if you're trying to build a business uh, and you're building it on a, a blockchain where, um, you know, what it's going to cost you to run that application and what it's going to cost your users um, to transfer assets around is unknown. Uh, you know, I think that's a very difficult thing to do. So um, I think as far as sort of existing applications, um, you know, definitely, I think we've, we've tried to tailor um, what we have uh, in a way that we think will be attractive. Um, and I think, you know, scalability and performance uh, are important. We think decentralization is also um, very important as well. We see a lot of, um, a lot of projects that have made uh, decentralization compromises in order to achieve performance. And, you know, we don't feel that's the right way to go about it. Uh, at the, the same time, I, I guess the other thing we think about though is, um, the constraints that a lot of the first or second generation platforms pose have kept people from being able to deploy applications of scale uh, in a meaningful way. So if you look at um, Props as an example, uh, who deployed recently on Algorand, they brought over 4 million users that they migrated from a permissioned chain. Uh, and the reason they had it in a permission setting wasn't because uh, they wanted privacy. It was because there was simply no other way that they could get the performance they needed. Um, but they really favor... Uh, transparency and being on a public network. Um, and I think what's uh, really exciting about an application like that is that it's, you know, really millions of new users to the crypto community uh, that weren't in it before and are excited about their application, which is about, uh, you know, loyalty, uh, loyalty points and sort of earning money for using different applications. So I think it's a really cool idea, but I think from our perspective, um, when you look at the size of the crypto community today, even though it's vibrant, it's still very small compared to the, the remainder of the world. Um, there's only probably a couple hundred thousand developers that build blockchain applications today, but there's almost 20 million that build mobile and web applications. Yeah. Uh, the same is true in the, you know, in terms of um, just retail consumers out in the world, there's billions that uh, need to be introduced um, to digital money and decentralized systems. Uh, and I think largely the way they'll do that is through interesting applications um, that, that deliver value to them. And so for us, what we're really focused on um, more than necessarily worrying too much about um, what goes on in the existing crypto community is how do we encourage you know, new applications that can generate scale quickly and mm -hmm. really uh, show the power of, of, um, of blockchain platforms and, and decentralized platforms uh, and introduce people to digital money at a scale in ways that haven't really been done before. And so I think that's when you look at the developer tools we've built and the way we've approached the technology, it's really kind of with those things in mind. Um, so I think definitely, by the way, the DeFi world is super interesting right now. Uh, I think what's fascinating about it is when you look at 
um, how DeFi is starting to approach things like governance and financial applications, what we're seeing now are um, really financial tools and applications that A, have never existed before, and B, couldn't have existed in a traditional setting. And so to me, um, that's definitely exciting. It's something we want to see more of in Algorand for sure. But I think it's kind of part of, the, of, of a bigger, uh, bigger story. Yeah, uh, we, I think we, we share a lot of those views. Um, maybe, maybe last question, which is, you know, um, I, I always ask people to put on their, um, their vision cap or their future, future, future looks. Um, you know, given the conversations that you're in, given what you're seeing that's happening, given the interest from a lot of different types of players in, in the industry here, you know, what do you think is going to surprise people over the next, you know, say 24 months? Um, and it relates to the last, the last question about, you know, the, you know, mainstream apps, things like that. But, you know, what, what is going to surprise us? And, and, and that, you know, obviously I'm thinking that, uh, thinking of that in the context of, of applications that might get built on Algorand or, or use things like USDC, but, but you know, what, what, uh, what are the things that we should be on the lookout for? Well, I think it's an interesting time. You know, I, I know, you know, a few years ago, if you look at what was going on during sort of the, you know, Bitcoin uh, boom days, uh, you know, it was very retail driven. Uh, and I think it was a very early time in the market. Mm -hmm. uh, I think a few years on, um, I think what's been encouraging to us is the seriousness that uh, large institutions um, and the resources that large institutions are putting into um, really thinking about long-term investments around uh, digital money and blockchain and digital assets, uh, that countries are, are, uh, are doing the same. And so I, I think the, uh, the seriousness of those discussions and I think the likelihood of that helping generate um, scale um, will probably surprise a lot of people as it starts to really hit the market. Um, at the same time, I'm not sure it should really be a surprise. Uh, you know, China has announced they're issuing, going to issue a central bank digital currency. Um, they're being very aggressive about it. Um, it was really recently announced um, uh, there's BSN, which is uh, going to be the Chinese blockchain network. Algorand is one of uh, five public chains that will be um, permitted by the Chinese government to, to operate um, in China. And so I think what we're starting to see now are kind of the early signs that, um, you know, some of the scale and some of the bigger applications are, are going to come. And I think that that's an indicator of what we'll start seeing uh, in other parts of the world as well. So I think, uh, you know, kind of the underpinnings are, are being built today. Uh, and I, I feel pretty confident that we're going to see, you know, uh, not just millions, but probably, you know, hundreds of millions of users using the kinds of applications that uh, we're building um, in, you know, the coming years. We, uh, we are excited to see that as well. And I, and I think we, uh, we, we share your optimism for the next, uh, for the next couple of years on, uh, on that as well. Uh, Steve, you know, thank you so much for joining and, and of course for the work that we're doing together. Really excited to see what transpires from that. And, Thanks uh, so much for having Jeremy. You know, we love working with you guys and um, uh, it's always great to see you. Excellent. All right, have a great day, Steve. You too, see you. Thank you. Well, it's great to connect with, um, with leaders that are innovating in the fundamentals of, of this technology. Um, very, very excited to see what developers are going to do with this. Um, as I noted earlier, um, we launched today a whole guide to using uh, Algorand with USDC uh, for you know, convertibility between uh, USDC on Algorand and, and Ethereum. Um, and so uh, some pretty cool stuff out there, and we're expecting to see a lot of developer activity.
Uh, as noted uh, at the start of the episode, next week, um, we're going to do our first uh, Money Movement AMA. So spread the word, fire us questions, fire me questions. Be excited to do that and uh, hope, uh, hope to hear from uh, as many of you as possible. So until next time, stay well, stay safe, and stay informed. Thank you.